Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. It's a NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon barry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well good evening from a rainy central iowa i am not bill sparks bill sparks not with us tonight uh the as i was told uh a few minutes ago, though, it sounds like Bill may be getting out of the hospital tomorrow. So we certainly look forward to welcoming him back uh, to the show as soon as possible. A uh, couple things here. First, first of all, we do want to thank Dave Reekert for running the show. Uh, Dave, we always appreciate the help. Um, and secondly, we'll get the podcast to people as soon as possible. Um, I don't have the ability to upload it. I have it recorded, so I will upload it to the Fillmore system but we'll get it on the uh, on the um where you can download it as soon as possible and uh we will see when that is but uh, we'll get that to you as soon as we can but um let's get the show rolling so with that here's chris okay well that was perry who said all that he didn't tell yes, you who it was. Was. In, case, in case you <laughs> yeah, were mad that he couldn't get the po- you know podcast downloaded he didn't want to know who to blame anyway okay well here it is uh, march 23rd happy spring <clears throat> march 23rd 2021 show number 136 and of course uh, we're gonna <laughs> gonna be talking a lot about college basketball we're down to the final the sweet 16 and uh, we'll be talking about that we'll be talking about the nfl a lot going on there baseball is getting closer and, of course, the NBA and the NHL. And uh, we have, uh, unfortunately, a few deaths to run through. Usually it takes me about three barrel pages to get the deaths in. I think I went over to page five uh, with, with what we had. So uh, first let me run down those uh, for you. Then we'll swing through the panel, and then we'll get to our agenda. So the first one we have is Ray Colon, 79 years old, and an AHL player and an NHL player. Why they did this, um, I don't know, but they combined his AHL and NHL statistics Somebody somewhere thought, I guess it was a major league. I don't know what happened. It was very good hockey. That was before their expansion. They're talking about the mid-60s when, you know, he played for uh, Baltimore Clippers and Buffalo Bisons and Pittsburgh Hornets and all that. And they were good team. You know, I used to listen to a lot of those games. They were very good. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. That's what we got. Rusty Tillman. There's a fairly famous name. 75 years old linebacker uh, for the Redskins and special teams coach all over the NFL. Coot Veal, 88 years old, an infielder for Detroit and Washington. Jim Snyder, 88 years old, Minnesota Twins second baseman, briefly coached and manager, including manager managing the uh, Seattle Mariners for a while. Bob Davis, 93, he was a head a basketball coach at Auburn. Um, George uh, uh, Reiner, 65, he 
He was Penn State uh, offensive lineman and a Houston Oilers offensive lineman. And then uh, he was a longtime returner in Scranton. I bet he knew Joe Biden. You know, it seems like it was a small enough town they might have gotten to know each other. Ed Armbruster, Cincinnati, 72 years old, Cincinnati Reds uh, uh, backup outfielder and very famous here uh, in Boston, be, being involved in the alleged catcher's interference play in the 1975 World Series. We'll talk about that. Uh, and, Lent, and uh, of course, he won the World Series with the Reds in 75 and 76. Bill Young, 74 years old. A linebacker, a defensive tackle, and longtime coach at Oklahoma State and other places. Um, Steve uh, Grad, KNX Radio, an uh, anchor for Los Angeles Sports, 70 years old, and he anchored a, KM, KMO, a KNX from uh, 93 through 2016. Dick uh, Hoyt of uh, of our area, Team Hoyt, and he was. Um, involved with pushing his son and running with his son through the Boston Marathon, did a lot of uh, Ironman competitions and triathlon, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. You'll you'll hear about him when we get to him. And the last one, the biggest one, and again, not at the level of Hank Aaron that we had earlier or Willie Mays, that kind of, but the next level, right at the top of the next level was Elgin Baylor, 86 years old, uh, just uh, died yesterday, I guess. And, um, a longtime Los Angeles Laker, Minneapolis Los Angeles Laker, and uh, went to many finals and has, still has the finals scoring record in a victory that they had over the Celtics in Game 5 of the 62 uh, finals. So we'll be talking about him and, uh, you know, one of the people that, uh, you know, people look back on fondly, and he never really won a championship. He got a ring for the 71-72 team because he did play on it, but he had to retire in November, so he was not involved in the games that won them the title. But uh, – a great ball player. So um, my uh, thing, as we go through the panel, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. We had this on All Things Radio last week, but I wanted to uh, mention it. Dale Arnold retired as, as far as a uh, talk show host on WEI, and he did the first sports talk show after the station turned all sports in 1991. And he was uh, you know, there till now, basically for the whole, uh, whatever, 20, almost 30 years that they, they've been Just a sports station. 30. He's been replaced by Andy Gresh, who people are familiar with because he was on Sirius XM and he's on CBS Sports every weekend and so forth, uh, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, but he's going to work with um, uh, Rich Keith. It's uh, Rich Keith. I, Rick and I were talking the other day. We weren't sure if it was just Keith and the, uh, you know, an unpronounceable <laughs> last name, but it's Rich Keith. And I think that's going to be fine. He's going to do okay. But Dale Arnold is the only person here, at least, and maybe no, every, anywhere, to have called all five of our pro teams on the radio. He did the revolution for a while. Uh, he's has done some Red Sox games, you know, Patriots games. He was the voice of the Patriots for three years. Uh, the Bruins on radio he did, and a few Celtics games when Howard David was the Celtics announcer and would be in and out all the time, and they'd have fill-ins for him. So he, he's called all five teams. That's a record that probably will never be matched now that everybody specializes so much. And uh, he's still going to be involved. His wife is not doing well, and so he's uh, cut, cutting back. So he's still going to be involved with Bruins uh, pregame and postgame stuff. And, and, you know, and who knows what the future might hold for him down the road. But anyway, uh, he, he was a good, a good uh, talk show host. But I think, you know, it got a little same to be talking about the same stuff all the time. So that might be why he stepped back, plus his wife. Well, and he, and he also worked for Sirius XM for a while, Chris, so. What did he do for Sirius XM? Uh, he was on a Mad Dog channel when it first started. So. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even uh, know that. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Well, he's trying to get out of order, but we'll get to him. <laughs> next is uh, next is Rick here, our, uh, Rick Swan, our pro football reporter, who's going to have a lot of free agency news for you later. But what's going on, Rick? Well, just a little bit of a follow-up with Dale Arnold. Uh, people around here know it, it probably his most famous call for the Patriots when I think it was after a Doug Flutie touchdown when he said that the crowd went icky palooky. Yeah, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, that made national. He was from Maine, so you never yeah. knew what he was going to say. <laughs> It's a, we're getting in, in the Boston area, we, we've got a real nice weather, really, uh, street of early spring weather here. And, of course, it comes on the week where you're staying in and watching basketball and getting NFL free agent news and everything. So that's the figures. But it's still been really nice out. And it, 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 it feels, you know, it's a, again, it's a, it's a good sign. We're getting somewhere. We're getting um, somewhere. Phase four, phase four, step one is where, yeah. we, where we are now. Yeah. So um, with um, condolences about Iowa, I'll turn it over to Perry. Uh, yeah. Well, the, you know, the uh, ladies from the University of Iowa did win today. They beat Kentucky 86 to 72. So they will move on and they will probably get to play uh, UConn in the next round. And we know UConn is generally always good, but oh, yeah. uh, it was uh, quite a disaster yesterday with the Iowa men and we'll get to that later, but boy, it is really, it's been a nice few days to be inside watching basketball here. It's been raining and uh, it's coming down pretty good outside right now. As I look out the out the window here, but, uh, and, and it's been a great tournament. I mean, if you like upsets and you like oh, drama in the tournament, this, this may have been the best one we've had in several years. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but Robert, uh, Robert, yeah, okay. Uh, well, weather is good here, and uh, I want to cover a couple of things here. First of all, uh, NASCAR, uh, Ryan Blaney won the Atlanta race. Uh, Kyle Larson read most of the race, but towards the end of the race, he uh, he uh, stayed out too long on a set of tires, and, and they, uh, they couldn't cut the mustard, and Blaney ended up passing him. So we, we're still continuing the streak of a different winner each week. And next week, or this week, I should say, coming up on Sunday, they're going to be at Bristol, Tennessee. And normally that, that's a very good race, but they're doing something strange this year. They're bringing in tons of dirt, and they're going to cover the paved track with nothing but dirt. And they're, they're going to have a dirt race. And I don't know why NASCAR wants to do this. Uh, I think it's strange. Yeah. Uh, even the... Uh, even a lot of the racing people said uh, they have to modify the cars so they can race on dirt. So Sunday is going to be pretty interesting as far as that goes. And another thing I want to cover, um, Mike Tyson apparently got offered $25 million to have a third fight with Evander Holyfield, one of these exhibition deals. And uh, apparently that wasn't enough money for him because he immediately said no uh, they had the Roy Jones thing, uh, you know, a few months ago with Mike Tyson. Apparently, the the same people want to put together Holyfield Tyson three, and uh, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Of course, T- Tyson is fifty four, Holyfield is fifty eight. So I kind of hope it doesn't come off, but you never know. People are desperate to make money in the pay per view industry these days, so. Uh, stay tuned. That might happen in the future. I, I hope it does not. But uh, that's all I've got. All right, Sean. All right. 
Okay, well, a couple things. First of all, on the dirt track, what they're doing, because a lot of NASCAR drivers start out on dirt tracks. Yeah. They, they start out, so they're trying to go back to their roots, even though it's not going to work. Uh, I don't think, I don't know, it's going to be good. But you brought up Mike Tyson. I guess I'll get this story out of the way before I tell everybody how to call. Uh, Mike, Jamie Foxx is going to play Mike Tyson in a series produced by Martin Scorsese. It was going to be a movie, but now it's going to be a series. I do not do not know where it's going to be. If it's going to be Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime or who it's going to be, but it's going to be on one of these. It's, they're working on it, and it's going to be a whole biopic. They're going to look at the life and times. They're going to chronicle Mike Tyson, Jamie Foxx, of course, famous for playing Ray Charles. I think he'll do good at that. And also this week, if you're kind of interested in giving things in golf, uh, the World Golf Championships, they – they're not a governing body, but they, they oversee a lot of tournaments and stuff. You see here all these. They got the Dell match play here in Austin. And what it is, it's a top 64 player. They rank them 1 through 64, and they break them into 16 groups of four. They do it kind of like a March Madness, and you do three days of round robin where you play everybody in your group in a match, and then whoever the winner is out of each pool, they go into a round of 16 and a round of eight on Saturday, and then they do a round of four, the top four and the top two, so they do like a final four on Sunday. So it's kind of like an NCAA March Madness for golf, and it was canceled, of course, last year, so it's coming back. It'll be like the fifth one. But anyway, you know, if you don't care about – if you want to comment on that or anything else out here, you can dial in anytime throughout the show. Download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, then do the code 287 4,600, hits the pound key twice. Star 9, raise your hand to, answer, to ask a question. When we tell you to unmute, do star 6. If you want to leave us a message whenever the podcast gets up, or if you're listening, on, you know, you can go over to 773-572-7715, hit the pound key. Do not mark the message private. Or email us at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. And so let's get right on into some March Madness because, like Perry said, a lot of craziness uh, went on. What about on. the poll question, Sean? Do you have? Oh one? yeah! Oh duh! Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Poll question. <laughs> poll question. Thank you very much, Robert. <laughs> See, I'm I'm all pumped up about March Madness. It's 80 degrees here in Austin. We had a storm, but anyway. <laughs> all right. Poll question. All right. March 8th was 8th was International Women's Day. This is national. Women's History Month, and we're going to have some history, you know, with female broadcasters on some Golden State games coming up. So we're going to talk about your favorite female broadcasters, whether they're play-by-play or they could be a color analyst, they could be a sideline reporter, interviewer, some of your favorite female past or present uh, sports sports broadcasters, of course. So we will do that later on in the show. So anyway, now we're going to get to some basketball. And speaking of some of the female sportscasters, we saw a few this week, you know, right? uh, March Madness. At least okay. we at least had we at least had one that did play by play this week. Lisa we one one play by play and one color, Lisa Byington and then Debbie Ann. Antonelli Debbie color, Antonelli, yeah. yes. But she yeah. Debbie yeah. Antonelli is a new she's done the NCAA for a few years now, and but 
Yeah. Um, from what I have heard, I didn't happen to have the game turned on, but from what I have heard from people who did watch, it sounds like that uh, Byington did okay. It didn't sound like didn't sound like she made any ma- any major errors. So it she sounds did, like she's she okay. Did the Texas. She did the Texas Abilene Christian game, and they played a lot of Craig Way, well, highlights, if you can say that. But then they played some stuff from her also. And she sounded like she was not bad. I mean, she did yeah. okay. She, was she also had the yeah. Creighton-Santa uh, Barbara game on Saturday, which, of course, had a controversial finish. But um, but she didn't. Okay. So but, I guess yeah. we should just, just so for anybody who didn't know who the Sweet 16 are, because that's where we're at now is the Sweet 16. I'll just run down the winners and that will be the matchups that we'll see on um, Saturday and Sunday to get us down to the uh, Elite Eight for Monday and Tuesday. So in the South, the winners that are still alive are Baylor, Villanova, and they'll play Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, the big surprise in that region. In the uh, Midwest, Loyola, Chicago, who beat Illinois, knocked them out of the number one spot. So that was, a, you know, the conspiracy. Jamal said it was to keep Loyola out of the Final Four. I don't know, Jamal. I guess they wanted to keep Illinois out of the Final Four. But the Sister thing is, Jean was there. Sister they wanted Jean to get, had a lot to do with that. That's right. They yeah. wanted to get Chicago into the Sweet 16. That's what they wanted. Uh-huh. <laughs> if anything. Loyola, Chicago will play uh, Oregon State, and Syracuse will play Houston. And those will be uh, on the Saturday games. On Sunday, we will have in the West, Gonzaga will play Creighton and USC will play Oregon. So already, and I didn't know you could do it this early in the Sweet 16, you've got two Pac-10 teams playing each other. I thought that had to wait uh, till regional finals. But so when, when there were, remember, there were more than four teams in there. So okay. they can meet in the Sweet, they can meet in the Elite Eight or Eight Sweet 16. Like the Big Ten, there was, if all nine would have gotten there, you would have had. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. And in the East, you have Michigan, the top seed against Florida State. That should be good. And UCLA against Alabama. That that for for games, that's probably the best uh, best region. You know, you expect good matchups out of that. Especially yeah, the they got US. one, one, two, and four left. <clears throat> still. Right. So, so Sean, how did it break down with conferences for this? All right. Well, the Pac-12 is in the lead. The, the conference that not just us, but everybody overlooked because they've been, in past years, they've been, you know, weak. Out of, even out of the Western conferences, they've been kind of usually the number three. They have four left. They have four. And then the Big East, ACC, and SEC have two. The Big Ten, who started off with nine, and the Big 12, who started off with seven, along with the West Coast, the America, the Missouri Valley, and the Horizon League. I think it's Horizon, yeah. Horizon it League is. all have one. Yeah, I get the Horizon and Summit backwards, because, yeah. But the Horizon League, they all have one. So the Pac-12, I mean, and and Colorado, like I said, Florida State just outplayed Colorado. Otherwise, you know, I mean, they... They could have, I mean, the way they handled Georgetown, but the whole thing of Georgetown not being there. And then some say, Oregon, how would they have done against VCU? Well, we don't know. VCU had to had to pull out because of COVID. It wasn't the teams that we talked about, you know, wasn't it? But those two teams didn't advance anyway, so... You know, but you. Well, and Oregon certainly, Oregon certainly had a good game yesterday when they played Iowa. Even oh. though, even though by halftime, and we didn't know this until after the game, but by halftime you had uh, at least two players with injuries uh, over on the bench. Connor McCaffrey, well, the uh, coach's son, is going to have a major, major uphill battle because both 
he is going to have have to have both hips operated on, and that's going to be you know something to come back from. Uh, C.J. Frederick had a an injury as well. Joe Wieskamp had an Achilles injury. So, boy, the first half that game was headed to be a, a kind of like an NBA game from the '80s in the first half. Oh. But Oregon <laughs> took off in the second half. Yeah. So, so Sean, they were they. I guess they, and I had never heard this defined, but I guess the NCAA says when there's a difference of five in the seeds, that's when they call it a real upset. So, seven, ten, eight, nine wouldn't be six, eleven would be. So we had the most upsets that we've ha- ever had to get to the Sweet 16, right? Uh, Sean, Sean has left the building, Chris. He'll be back in just a second. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That is well, that is correct. It is correct. I think. Okay. So uh, I, I think I wrote down what he said. Uh, we had uh, ten of them in '86 and '90, and we had twelve of those this year. So, and we were talking about why that might be. <clears throat> we were saying that even if, let's say, you you play a game. And uh, let's say you're in Philadelphia and you and Hartford's going to play Kentucky. You're still yeah. going to find more Kentucky folks are going to get to Philadelphia than to Har- from Hartford. Certainly. Because Hartford is, you know, not that far, but a smaller fan base. You know, they're just not going to have the number of fans that you're going to get. So Kentucky or Duke or somebody coming in there, uh, they'll travel. And they'll, you know, so it's still more difficult for an upset. So, you know, you, you have no real crowd reactions. The only thing that sounded like a real home game for anybody or a real NCAA game was the Purdue game you know, against North Texas. I think it was on Friday because yeah. it was right there in Indianapolis. So all kinds of Purdue well, fans. Loyola had a lot of, Loyola had some fans there in they Illinois. Had, that game that game was rocking pretty good for what they had. The Illinois Loyola did. And yeah, I think that some of it, like you said, some of it is also some teams remember, uh, what was it? Michigan, Michigan, State, Michigan didn't play a lot. had a whole bunch of games off. Houston, had some games off, but they still were able to come back. There were several teams that missed a number of games. You you didn't get as many conference games, but you also, you know, I think it's just you had some teams that people overlooked too. A lot of you know a number of teams. Like I said, we all were guilty of overlooking the Pac-12, and you know this is. And I certainly Something think we. I certainly think you could make the argument, Sean, that Loyola was was seated a little bit low lower than they maybe should have been. Oh, I think Loyola should. Yeah, they should not have been an eight seed. They should have been at least a five or six seed. And you know, UCLA. Who knows if Texas had had coaching? You know, and because coaching lost that game against. Uh, you know, against. I don't know. About, I don't Christian. know about that though. He didn't. He didn't commit that foul at the end. No, but there was a lot of turnover, but but not at the end. Because I'm sure I'm coaching. sure he didn't I'm sure he didn't tell the guy to go out there and foul somebody. Or at least I would no, hope he No, but twenty three turnovers, you don't you're not familiar with the game plan, you should know how That's to true. adjust to games. The talent the talent this is probably this is probably the and the talent got them to the tournament coaching. This is a guy who has never won an NCAA tournament for Texas. He's never he's been there I mean He's never won an NCAA. He lost in the CBI, so that's the big. But who knows how UCLA and Texas. Now, now it, I mean, the, the, the one thing you'd have to give him, when they lost that game, what was it, in 2015 to Northern Iowa, that was, I'm not saying Northern Iowa was a fluke, but the way they lost that game no. was a fluke with a guy hitting a half-court shot. Oh, the way they lost the, yeah, the way they lost the fluke, but the big talk around here is, is he coming back? But you have, you know, you're going to see that not just that, like Ohio State. I mean, the way I mean, Oral. You give it to Oral Roberts. You do. But look at what's Ohio the State. what's the now, what's the uh, talk around there? It, 
is Texas going to make a change? Uh, they're not saying anything right now. And the one that may give them a pass is COVID. And remember, it's men's basketball in this area. Men's basketball is number four because it goes football, football, baseball, women's basketball, and then men's basketball. The only thing they may be thinking, do we just ride this out for two more years when the new arena, or do we go ahead and get a new coach in that can take them to the next level? Because, you know, do we give him one more chance? Because he's losing a number of players that are, I mean, he has two guys that are going to be lottery picks. So he never, you know, so he's going to lose a few of his players that got him that number three seed. This would count wise. It was his best team. And, and remember he that's, again, loses. And remember, that's the thing to and, mention too. Every player, if they would like to, can come back. Now, right. if you yeah. think you can and, do well overseas or in the NBA, you're clearly not going to do that. But every player has that option. And what's, and because of that, even a senior this year has to, where normally their eligibility whip, they don't have to declare. Even seniors have to physically spot the pay and declare for the draft this year, for the NBA draft. A lot of people don't know that. And Abilene Christian was a Division II school less than eight years ago. That's correct. They were Division II. And they were Division II. They moved up to their football program to get in the Southland. But, I mean, you had that game. We had Ohio State and going down to Oral Roberts. Now, give Oral Roberts credit. They stayed in and beat Florida. I mean, this is a team with the first time they had won a game in the tournament since 1974. This Oral you Roberts know, one thing that I noticed, and, of course, this time of year, and Chris and I go back and forth on this all the time, but this time of the year, you mainly you get to hear the Westwood One broadcasters and not the locals. Now, of course, you know if you have a local team, you do. Uh, of course, yeah. I got to I got to hear Gary Dolphin. I got to hear Michael Admire for Drake. But um, in with Westwood One, uh, the crew that really I thought was really good this weekend was the Jason Benetti, Robbie Hummel crew. I really enjoyed them. They, yeah. they had the Texas Abilene Christian game. Uh, they had the Kansas game last night, but <clears throat> I thought they did a whale of a good job. And they were uh, complaining on the radio about the Westwood one because in past years in the tournament, like if you, if you had, you know, like here, what they do, they have the link to go to texasports.com. You could still listen on texasports.com but you couldn't stream, stations couldn't stream, but they could have a link to that Texas. Now Westwood One even owns that. They were not allowed to even broadcast on the TexasSports.com uh, app that you have the link from the local stations here in Austin. So people had to, and not only that, Westwood One, you can't send your local highlights now. They changed that where before you could send a local, your network highlights for, you know, during game to Fox or ESPN or one of those to run, but now Westwood NCA has said no, you can't even do that this year. Yet Westwood One owns those rights also. Yeah, well, there was some streaming, and I found some, but it was, you know, kind of, and it got worse as the, you know, like when we went into the like Monday, actually people who knew what they were supposed to do were at the radio station, so they yeah. weren't there wasn't as much streaming yesterday as there was over the weekend. So, and it could vary. It doesn't mean that some teams that are didn't stream. I will, I'll keep yeah. checking because you never know but, what's going to come back. Yeah, never here, know. yeah, let's. Just, yeah, a lot of these, like I said, they do it like with Texas. You don't listen on the station website, but the, you go to the website, you go to the app, and they have the link to TexasSports.com, and that's how you listen because so, they have so, it. To, to I, certainly did not, I certainly did not think, though, with the way – I mean, USC 
and Drake. I mean, that was a at least a competitive game. I did not think U, USC would bomb Kansas the way they did last night. Right. No. Yeah, eighty-five to not. fifty-one. That was. I did not. I I thought Kansas would be a little closer. Now I wonder did Kansas have it? Because remember, Kansas they they had to bow out of the tournament going into the semifinals. So they hadn't. Well, they played Saturday, but they had only played that game. And over you know ten days they played one game, so I wonder if some of the COVID and two of their guys tested but didn't go to the Big Twelve tournament with them either. So they That's they were correct. Short-hand. I wonder if that had some to do with it. I don't know. So is there but, anything that jumped so we can finish this up? Anything jumps out at you guys about uh, these matchups or you know uh, or who you think the you know expect? Now when we get on next week, we'll have the final six. We won't have the final yeah, four yet, but right. <clears throat> who do you think is going to do well in the in these uh, regions? I think uh, I think I still, Loyola definitely. Loyola, there is a good path for Loyola to get to the final four. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean they got Houston. I think will hurt. Houston's going to be tough for Loyola. I still I still have my final four though. Houston is going to be tough. Houston is going to be tough, but I don't think Houston's got anybody. They have a lot of wings uh, out there, but I don't think they have anybody. Unless they decide we're going to just let Cam Crutwig have his, and then we're going to cut everybody else off, that might work. But I lost a lot of my bracket, but I still have my final. I thought you had Illinois with me. I I thought we had the same ones. uh, No, I didn't. I I had Houston over Illinois. I had Houston. Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Alabama. Okay, so I have got yeah. you know every I got I uh, didn't have Michigan. I had uh, Alabama in that one. They're still around, and I had uh, uh, Baylor and Gonzaga and uh, Illinois. So I lost Illinois. Well, Jamal, yeah, I, Jamal I would like to uh, talk some. I'm assuming college basketball. So Jamal, if you want to mute yourself, um, we could hear you. Yeah, I, I got a few things to say about college basketball, folks. I hope you all are doing well, first of all. We okay. are. And and a couple of things. First of all, about the upcoming Sweet 16, I am in agreement with you, Perry. I think Loyola has a clear pass back to the Final Four. So I think they could beat Oregon State. I uh, like them against uh, – Houston didn't impress me that well against uh, Rutgers. They should have really lost to Rutgers. So I think that I think that uh, Loyola could take Houston or or even uh, Syracuse. I think Loyola is going to be back in the Final Four. Yeah. Yeah. What I hear, Jamal, the toughest thing if you have to play Syracuse, the toughest thing about that is, yes, Buddy Bayheim is unconscious right now. But the toughest thing is, if you only have a day to prepare for that defense, that defense is tough when you don't have preparation time yes. for it. That's right. Okay. Also, now I had my theory last week about the NC2A pairing in the same bracket, Illinois and Loyola. Right. I was thinking about this during the game. I think it was the motivation was another. I think this was done on purpose to get to try to toughen the road for Illinois and get them possibly out of picture because. The head of the men's selection committee is the athletic director of, guess who? Kentucky. And Kentucky's gotten a lot of good recruits out of Chicago in the past 15 years. Why? Because Illinois was down those years. And what's the worst thing for what what would be bad about Illinois winning a national championship? It hurts the 
Kentucky Chicago pipeline. What I like so, about a good conspiracy theorist is they can flip what happened to make it work. And so last week's conspiracy was that it was about Loyola keeping them out. Now it's about Illinois keeping them out. Why is that? Because Illinois got kept out. I think they did it as a I think they did it as a made for TV matchup because you notice they put that as the Sunday standalone CBS game. And, and, it was, and, it, and it had Jim Nance and Bill Raftery doing the game. So, I mean, they, you had the number yep. one crew. I, I think, in all honesty, though, Jamal, I, I just think Loyola's got a good path to get there. A lot of people that I heard were was hearing on Twitter, they, they were saying that they thought Illinois just, well, you know, we can kind of lay back and we'll get them in later in the second half. And, and clearly that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't. Now, now, when I logged in earlier, you guys were talking about UConn. Is UConn talking about changing conferences again? No, that no. no we were talking no, about no. the UConn no. ladies. Oh, oh, the ladies. Oh, the ladies. Okay, okay but uh, I do think that. Now, and they happen to be playing Syracuse tonight. Uh, Syracuse gets their old home week. Uh, they they played West Virginia okay. the other day, and now they're playing UConn. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Right, but I but I do think that Loyola. If they get to the final four, I think they have a good shot, a decent shot, maybe make it to at least the final game and not winning the whole doggone thing because that defense, the way they play, that well, defense. They can't, they can't win the whole thing, Jamal. Otherwise, my bracket's going to break and we can't have that. Oh, well. <laughs> We're going to beat Baylor. I don't know if them or Houston can beat Baylor in the semifinals. Uh, well, the way Loyola came out firing, I think, that, I think if it's one team that could beat them, I think – Loyola's capable of slowing down Baylor. With the way that de- the team defense they play, you know, we'll they were dominating Illinois. Yep, we'll see as we go along. Well, hey, who will Jesus like, the Catholics or the Baptists? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jesus, it's a Catholic year. Yeah. He's a Catholic you, I think. I've always, I've always liked it when uh, Notre Dame played Brigham Young. That was always good. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, so all right. So there's some other college news. Iowa State hired a coach, uh, Perry. T.J. Otzelberger has been hired by Iowa State, and apparently they've already lost one recruit. The guy was hired, I think it was on Thursday morning, and the kid backed out on Saturday. He said he hadn't contacted him yet. It's like, can you give the guy just a little bit of time to kind of settle and then, you know, I know, yeah. I know these things are tough, but can you give him at mm. least a day or two? Right. Okay. And then uh, let's see, who's the guy that um, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota hired, hired is Ben Johnson. He's an, he's an assistant at Xavier. Um, he was a former assistant at Northern Iowa. I don't happen to remember much about him, but he apparently mm-hmm. was at Northern Iowa at one time. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Perry, what is the update on Indiana? Uh, Indiana is still right. looking. They 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 really wanted Brad Stevens, and Brad Stevens has said how many no. times, Chris? About a million times this weekend. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he, he, he loves Boston. He's a Red Sox fan. You know all this. Uh, no, yeah. so, uh, what is it? No Patriots fan. That's what he said. Yeah. But no, and but no. Wait, 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 wait a minute, though, Chris. But when he was coaching at Butler. Mm-hmm. When he went to – he did the take me out to the ball game at the Cubs. He was a Cubs fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Well, he didn't say Red Sox. He said Patriots. But that yeah. doesn't make the Colts fans too happy either. So. That's true. No. And he – but he also – and also with Minnesota, they wanted Eric Musselman. But he kind of said, I like it here at Arkansas. They, they thought about him because, you know, his dad was there right. in Minnesota yeah. at one time. Bill was, yeah. Bill was there. there. But they, 
He said no, so he likes it at Arkansas. And I think he's got a good, I think he's got a good path there at Arkansas with the SEC coming up, and you know, a little pretty good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I guess we can. Uh, is any more on college stuff? We can go on the NFL. Uh, the, well, the NIT. Also, we do have the NIT, oh, the NIT. going, and and the okay. ladies. All, let's just give you a little women's highlights here. The all four of the number one seeds, NC State. South Carolina, UConn, and Stanford, they've all advanced. The, their, the round second round is underway today and tomorrow with the women. Uh, the NIT is underway. They're down, I think, to, what, eight? So that'll be yeah, picking up, I think, on Thursday. So yeah. we'll keep you up to date mm-hmm, on yeah. that, too, as we go along. Now to the NFL. Okay. Well, one, thing, one other thing real quick on the college, on the women. This is kind of neat what they're doing with the women with the women's regions. They instead of doing geographic, they took San Antonio landmarks and made them their regions. You have the Alamo region, the Riverwalk region, the Hemisphere region because of Hemisphere Plaza, and the El Mercado region. El Market El Mercado is a big Mexican style market square. So they didn't like I said, they didn't do the Sea World, the Lone Star Beer, the Caterpillar, all that stuff, the you know, the San Antonio Zoo region, none of those, but they took four big San Antonio famous because you know, Hemisphere was the World's Fair in 68 and had an Hemisphere Plaza. So took the big, famous touristy landmarks and made, them, made the regions those names. So, that is yeah. called the Chamber of Commerce got what they wanted. That's, That's right. What, what you call yes, that. I mean, nobody yeah, really yeah. knows. Nobody, I mean, we could pick four <laughs> things here. and Perry uh, could put four things in Iowa. And, you know, we, people might know. Obviously, we know what the Alamo is. We've heard of the Riverwalk. Um, Hemisphere used to be the name of the arena, but I didn't know what. Well, the but section. Hemisphere Arena, Hemisphere Arena is in Hemisphere Plaza where they had the World. Right, well, well, I didn't know that, that's but I knew it was Hemisphere that, Arena back when the. Yeah, that's why it's there. there, and those are big touristy and yeah, yeah Chamber of Commerce won the day, and, and Indianapolis. Well, and so what it proves is the Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce isn't as good as the San Antonio Chamber. That's correct. <laughs> well, San Antonio has all these big. I mean, why downtown I, San Antonio is basically a tourist trap anyway, but that's another story. No, there you go. Okay, so the NFL. So I guess um, I uh, probably, Sean, why don't you run through the TV deal first, and then we'll talk about free agency. Yeah. All right. The TV deal is going to start in 2023. We weren't sure exactly when it was going to, but it was agreed on. It's an 11-year deal all the way through this 33 season, which will be February of 34. Who, Like I said, who knows? They may be playing the Super Bowl in May by by yeah, then. Right. You never know. All the but yeah. and what is so it going to do? Starts in twenty two, doesn't it? Isn't it twenty three? No, no, starts no twenty three. Twenty three. Starts in twenty three through yeah. okay. Yeah. Twenty three because twenty two through thirty three. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's eleven eleven seasons because the okay. last Super Bowl on this deal will be the February twenty three, which is the twenty two season. But it, you're going to have. 80s or Fox and CBS are going to stay the way they are with NFC, primarily NFC and primarily AFC, but they can they can take some games. NBC is going to stay with Sunday night. ESPN is going to get in the mix with ABC. ABC will get two Super Bowls. They will go in the rotation because since it's only 11 years, the other three networks get three. ABC gets two. Also. NBC will still have their flex games, and ABC slash ESPN can pick five games to flex for Monday night, and they get three double headers starting in 23 on ESPN slash ABC. And we just discovered ABC will get three games that will be broadcast on there for 
the regular season. Over the air TV or whatever you want to call it. Over the air on ABC plus the ESPN. And the Thursday night games are going exclusively to Amazon Prime Video. So now I have a feeling the NFL Network will somehow get involved with that because they'll say, wait a minute, we've got a network that's for the NFL, but we have no live NFL games on there. I could see them doing it. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, I think they will too. An NFL Network slash Amazon Prime uh, broadcast, but yes, one hundred and thirteen billion dollars is what this is. Yep. So there you go. So each owner, of, by the in the length of this contract, will get four million, four billion, some 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 number. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sure. doesn't all come at once or whatever. But this is why the salary cap. I mean. Going forward, the salary cap's going to hit the moon because, yeah. you know, yeah, they're going to have all this money of, coming in. Yeah. It'll be paid at the end of each year, at the end of 23, 24, 20, and so on. Right, at the right. end of each year, they get their payments. Yeah. For the mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, so speaking of salary caps, uh, we <laughs> did have the, I think the only free agent uh, that I knew about, oh, DirecTV, that's right. The last thing is DirecTV, I guess, has their exclusivity for another couple of years, too. Yeah. Right? And I would like to look, I'm a direct TV customer and I have been for almost 21 years, but I would like to see that NFL Sunday ticket be opened up to all of the, um, yeah, it should be all all of the cable outlets. Now it is open to people Mm -hmm. for other, but if you have another cable or satellite provider, you cannot get it, but you can get it like I said on PlayStation, you can get it on the NFL mobile, you can get it through the NFL app, you know, if you have a smart TV, they have all that. And that's what they're That's why they're not as worried about the cable people, but you know, with all the tape, people cutting the cord, but they still should have it available for anybody. Yeah. yeah no, uh, direct TV. I, I think the NFL, believe it or not, is missing a financial opportunity by not opening and, up the Sunday ticket to uh, all outlets. There was a rumor that they almost pulled the plug on it with direct TV because NFL and AT&T were having some, battles back and forth. And well, AT&T has always been battling, but not as bad as Dish Network. So, you know. yeah. Well, the AT&T and the NFL, and then because before DirecTV, when Liberty Media owned them, and they found them, and even before, they founded it, and they got their niche by getting in there, getting that exclusive Sunday ticket. Right. Yep. They got a lot yep. of it. By the, way, by the way, uh, Chris, we do have just one, it's a, not anything major, we have a little piece of news that just came across uh, from ESPN, the president of the Washington football team says now they are thinking about permanently keeping the name the Washington football team. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, because it's been so easy. It's rolled off everyone's tongue <laughs> yes. all year. And, and every time anyway. I rep- – as you remember, Chris, every time I would put out a schedule or report something, you don't know how – Redskins. <laughs> well, okay, hey, you know, Rusty Tillman died, and he was a Washington Redskin, and that's what's going to be said that's here. That's we get to him. Well, yeah, hey, well, you got to report the facts. Washington, do you like okay. soccer? Washington FT? Like we got Austin FC coming out of Dallas. Yeah, FC, well, FC. The, the F could re- – if they get bad, the F could remind people of something <laughs> yes, else. Yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway <laughs> – that's why the remember the Patriots for two or three months were the, going to be the Bay State Patriots, and then they looked thought about it in the pa- in the paper how it would say BS, and uh, they decided they didn't want <laughs> yeah. that. So yeah. anyway, anyway, all right. So the one free agency the, the thing that I know about is uh, <clears throat> Mitch Trubisky, Jamal's favorite quarterback, is going to go uh, to Buffalo and be the backup there. And they're yep. kind of happy about that. I was listening, going by a Buffalo station. They're kind of happy. They said, hey, if if um, Allen gets hurt, you know, for a couple, three weeks, we could maybe have a chance to win some games. And Trubisky 
did okay. So maybe for a backup for right now for his career, I don't know how long that deal was. One year, one year, one year. A lot of these deals are one year because of the because salary the cap. cap. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 So anyway, our friend Rick here, the right. NFL uh, ace reporter, uh, has been compiling other free agency uh, news, so he can come on and tell us about it. Well, you know, I think one reason Buffalo's happy with Trubisky as a backup is he kind of fits into the same kind of game plan that Josh Allen would. That's right. You know, a mobile quarterback. Yeah. So he wouldn't have to yep. change anything if he got hurt. And, and, besides, and besides, Buffalo is more offensive-minded. Uh, Chicago is being coached by a defensive coach. I mean, that's the way he acts. Anyway, I, I, I don't know what his reputation was before, but I, I think the Buffalo system will work better for Trubisky if he plays. Okay, I've got – I'm sure I don't have everybody, but um, – Okay. Now, you know, we, we went through a bunch last Tuesday when they were in the legal tampering part. Right. Of the, and as far as I know, nothing changed from that, so I'm not no, going to talk, has, I'm gonna talk about them again. Has. Although okay. that did happen a couple of years ago. I know Philly was all set. They thought they had – uh, the running back Gore, and he ends up switching and going to Indianapolis once. Uh, yes, he did. I, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so I've kind of organized these on on teams. You know what the team the uh, which what the team received the players. So okay. I'm starting with, with Buffalo, they they signed Jacob Hollis, the uh, Hollis of the re, uh, tight end from Seattle. Of course, we had Mitch Trubisky, uh, and they signed the receiver um, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Miami. Signed um, Will Fuller, the receiver who still has one game left on his suspension for PEDs at the start of the season. Okay. Formerly of Houston. Houston right. Everybody's leaving Houston. So. Yeah. And they signed uh, the running back from the Rams, Malcolm Brown. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, the Jets signed uh, Keelan Cole, the receiver from Jacksonville, and uh, Tyler Croft, who I think was last with Buffalo, the tight end. Okay. Um, Houston signed uh, Ryan Finley, the backup quarterback for Cincinnati. And yeah, so your quarterback rotation there is going to be uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Tyrod Taylor, Tyron Taylor <laughs> Ryan yeah. Finley. That, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, yeah. Okay. And they also signed uh, Dante Moncrief, the receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, Philip Lindsay, the running back from Denver. Okay. Uh, Indy signed um, Xavier Rhodes, the defensive back. They got a lot of money left to spend. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, Tennessee signed Janoris Jenkins, the cornerback. And um, well, that's it for Tennessee. Pittsburgh, um, it wasn't a free agent, but they re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Who, uh, from what I hear, had had some offers with quite a bit more money, but he decided he wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, well, he thinks that this is going to be Ben's last year, and he, yeah. wanted, to, he wanted to be a part of that. Part of, one of the rumors, one of the teams, I guess, that offered them quite a bit more money was Baltimore, which Baltimore and Pittsburgh just don't wow. mix. It, you no. know? Uh, the Chargers signed Jared Cook, the tight end from New Orleans. Uh, Las Vegas, Theo Reddick, the running back from Detroit. Uh, John Brown, the receiver from Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And they also signed Kenyon Drake, Rick, and I don't. Oh, that's know right. Whole, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he played for Miami and Arizona, but. Yeah, what well, he, running, what kind he, of running back am I getting there? Well, it, it depends on which year you talk about. Two years yep. ago, when yeah. he went from Miami to Arizona, he had a huge year, and last year it just didn't. Well, he had some injury problems last year. Um, yeah, he was injured a bunch. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a pretty good running back. It's just uh, you know you've already got Josh Jacobs in her. Well, uh, John Gruden, uh, I, I sometimes I want to just pull my hair out. Yeah, and do you have um, any anybody on the offensive line left? That, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, he wants this. 
he wants this ground and pound thing, and yeah. he doesn't want to depend on Derek Carr to to uh, throw the ball. And I, I don't know. In today's NFL, I don't think you can depend on a running game to win you many ball games. But yeah. that's what he wants to do. And they did have um, they had asked Mariota to take a reduction in his salary, and he thought for about it for a couple of days. And I guess he's actually doing it. He's he's yeah, he, salary he's down gonna, to three and a half take, million. He's, yeah. he's, he's been ready to sign. Yeah, he's going to take a seven million dollar pay cut, which, which I, you know some of the people around here were thinking maybe he was coming to the Patriots if he didn't yeah. take the cut. But yeah. yeah. Okay, the Giants, who of course had no money. Pay, all right, now the <laughs> Patriots. Did they do anything this uh, week or, or not, not this week? That I know of. No, no not right. this week. All right, uh, Giants signed Kenny Galladay. Yes, wide receiver, Detroit. Okay. Kyle Rudolph, tight end from Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Reggie Ragland, linebacker. Adoree Jackson, um, cornerback from Tennessee, and as a backup quarterback, um, Mike Lennon. Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. That guy just seems to make the make the rounds about every year. Yeah, he's yeah, with yeah. a different team. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Washington football team. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel, the receiver from Carolina, and Lamar Miller, who seems to sign with a new team every year and then get injured. The yeah. Hmm. Um, Chicago signed uh, defensive back uh, Desmond Trufant. Uh, Detroit. Uh, Jamal Williams, the running back from Green Bay, and Rashad Perryman, the wide receiver. Um, Minnesota signed defensive back Patrick Peterson. Uh, Atlanta, uh, a couple of couple of, like third string tight ends here. Atlanta signed tight end Lee Smith that was with Buffalo, and Carolina signed Dan Arnold, tight end was with Arizona. Oh, speaking of Patrick's, Patrick Chung retired from the Patriots. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Arizona signed A.J. Green, wide receiver, and Matt Prater, pace, place kicker. I okay. wonder if A.J. Green really has anything left. Yeah, after I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really uh, get involved in the offense even last year with uh, no. Burrow, so I don't know. And yeah. speaking of if they have anything left, the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. yeah, that's another one I wonder. He seems to have been playing for about 25 years. I don't know. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, 49ers signed Alex Mack, the center. Yep. Se- Seattle signed Gerald Everett, the tight end from the Rams. Mm-hmm. And they re-signed Chris Carson, the running back. Oh, yeah. And our old, we have our old friend, Isaiah Wilson again. Who we talked about? Who got you know didn't get wished happy birthday and he got traded yeah. uh, pretty much given away to Miami. Well, he didn't show up for his physical with Miami. He had, Miami he did a couple other things, so he was cut by Miami. Yeah, they cut him immediately. <laughs> cut him. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. 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 Also, Kyle Fuller got released by the Bears, but he immediately got picked up by the Denver Broncos. Yeah. That's what I've got on. Okay, well, that's, um, good. that's a good and, list. And uh, you wanted to talk about the Raiders' offensive line, Rick. Well, yeah. <laughs> R- R- they traded Rodney Hudson to the Cardinals for a third-round draft pick. Right. They traded um, um, They traded uh, uh, Jackson, uh, the guard, to Seattle for a fifth-round draft pick. And, of course, they traded uh, Brown, uh, Trent to the Brown to the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they're totally revamping their offensive line. That's why this whole running back thing to me and wanting to p- depend on your running back to uh, yeah. win games is not I, – I don't know. It may be ground. I don't think there's going to be much pound. Huh? No, I really don't. Uh, I have so, a feeling it's going to be another interesting year in Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, speaking of interesting places to be, it's Houston. 
because, yeah. hey, first of all, the Rockets won a game last night. And that's yeah, great. that's right. They've now won one in a row. Uh, yeah. we got, we got the, we've got to find out if all the people are going to be banging on trash cans about the Astros this year. That's coming up. But the big story right now is Deshaun uh, Watson and, you know, what is he going to do? Is he going? Is he going to stay? Uh, you know, we now are up to it. Is it 13 women who have come forward or signed on to this lawsuit or whatever? Yeah, they're doing? Well, they filed 13 different lawsuits. 13 different from lawsuits. lawsuits. So, so Chris, if he, was try- if he was trying to get out of there before the lawsuits piled up, he didn't make it. <laughs> no. Right. So, and. You know, like I said, but the Houston Cougars are about the most positive thing coming out of Houston right, right now. That's right. got them going you know, on, too. That's right. Yeah, that's the good. That's the positive. But, yeah, 13 women. And the lawyer, Tony Busby, he's had all these cases. And some of these, these are not massage parlor employees or people that threw the team. These are some of them that he went to on his own and some that he supposedly even – uh, flew into town, brought to his yeah, house, and the ones he asked flew into favors. The ones that he flew into town, he flew them all in from Atlanta strip clubs. Yeah, and all these others, and then there's some are saying it was consensual, and then some are saying, well, he, you know, they're doing this. But the interesting part, and I don't want to make light of this if these are real. Because I think if it if they're real, you need to come forward. And I want to state this right up front: if something is, you come forward. If you have been assaulted, you know, if there's yeah. a threat, you know, anything, yeah. do not be afraid to come forward. Uh, all of these are civil suits. The district attorney has not been brought in on this. Tony Busby, and see, there's a little bit of shadiness on both sides on this. Mm-hmm on the Deshaun Watson and his side, but Tony Busby, the lawyer, close friends with Cal McNair, neighbors with him. He ran for mayor. He was trying to get his dad, Bob, trying to use influence to get him to draft Johnny Manziel. There were those stories. And that doesn't, you know, and then there's other things. And in the press conference that he had, he said, I'm not in this for the publicity, but he took about five minutes explaining about the publicity. And so some are thinking... Some are thinking, is Cal McNair doing this to try and damage Deshaun Watson to make him stay where he, he can't be traded? But then, you know, I don't know if that's far. But then on on Deshaun Watson's side, like I said, he's flying these people in for a massage and and flying them in for certain things, you know, some of them from the strip club and some from other, he say consensual. Well, why are you flying these girls in? So on his side, it's kind of interesting. Now, he has retained... Uh, You've heard this name in yeah. some stories, Rusty Harden. He's hired Rusty Harden. You know, Rusty Harden, remember, he was Roger Clemens' lawyer. He was Calvin Murphy's lawyer in some paternity suits and some other things. He was Rudy Tomjanovich's lawyer, Warren Moon's lawyer at times, uh, Moses. Moses. Basically, if you're an athlete and you've had any kind of little incident in Houston, you go get Rusty Harden. Yep. <laughs> if you're a Houston athlete, you go, you go get Rusty because... So and both these guys, like I said, Tony Busby has jumped on a number of these, and they're going. Why is the district attorney not involved? Because he keeps saying, "Oh, they're going to file criminal." No criminal charges have been filed by anybody, and these have all been recent. So they're saying, they are saying, "Well, why haven't these women come forward sooner?" Well, remember, most of these happened. I mean, some of us I mean, back in December, January, there were some stories. 
So I mean, I don't know. The NFL has op- the NFL has opened an investigation right. for the uh, conduct and policy. So the the, the thing and, is, okay. So let's say that you're you're McNair and you say we really don't want to trade uh, Deshaun Watson. So let's. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's bringing us up, but, but let's just play devil's advocate and say, okay, so uh, rest, uh, you know, uh, Busby, you go get them, you know, Hey, you're my buddy. You, you go, uh, we get these women, uh, you know, or whatever, or some of them are legitimate. Some of them aren't, whatever it is. All right. We're going to do this. All right. First of all, as Robert just said, they're starting an investigation. So you get a quarterback that's here. Okay. But he can't play. Because they're, yep. they're going to investigate him. And how long does it take the NFL to investigate these things? Probably a long time. There's 13 women. So you mm-hmm. get a quarterback and that more, you've kept. Yeah. You've got a quarterback that you've kept and who was a, a, a fan favorite who now is met to Mets with the fans. Some believe him, some don't, whatever. And you've you've ruined your, your franchise player. You've kept him here. You've got Jacoby Brissett starting. And uh, you go 3-14. and 14. You mean not, so, not Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod oh, Taylor. Taylor. Okay, yeah. well, whichever one they start. Tyrod Taylor. All right, Tyrod's going to start. But you go three yeah, and fourteen. Jacoby's not with them. Yeah. Oh wait, where'd he go? I thought he went to Houston. Uh, yeah. No, he went no. to Miami. Oh Miami. All right. Where Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Oh, oh, went to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so Tyrod is starting, and they go three and fourteen, and your quarterback can't play. So what did you accomplish? You know, and then uh, obviously if Deshaun did it, then uh, these people are coming forward and. But I'm surprised there's no criminal. But I guess because it was, you know, massage power, that kind of stuff, or uh, arguably consensual sex or not, then there wouldn't be charges. So, you know, you couldn't convince a jury one way or the other. Is that the idea? Well, I mean, well, I don't know. The, no, no, the district attorney hasn't even gotten involved yet. Yeah. Well, and without, district- and obviously without other witnesses that you know if it's just he said she said yeah he said she that's said. gonna be that's gonna be story. terribly I mean, that's gonna be terribly hard to prove right yeah, yeah. they haven't they haven't gone to the da they haven't gone to the police they've gone to this attorney now maybe he's gonna convince them and if deshaun watson is guilty yes he deserves whatever punishment he gets what what they're saying is the nfl could put him on the exempt list and then you know he'd be and out. put him on paid administrative leave or something. You yeah, know. something like that. But he'd that. still kind be of property of the, uh, of the Texans, right? Yeah. That's correct. Kind of like yeah. what happened with uh, Ray Lewis, you know, and Ray Rice. Yeah, yeah. And, well, well, Ray, 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 yeah, Ray Rice, because Ray, Ray Lewis never was, came he back. Got, yeah. He, yeah, Ray Lewis had already come after. Uh, it was after, that's yeah, right. Ray, Ray, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, you got yeah, Adrian it, right. Peterson. Oh, yeah, Adrian Peterson is also one of the people that well, Rusty Harden uh, Yeah, that was another Houston situation. There you go. No, well, it's, it's, it's something, Rusty it's something to continue. It's something we'll continue to watch, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what were you going to say, Rick? I'm, just, I'm afraid with Rusty Harding as a, water, uh, a lawyer, um, Watson may come back with the uh, misremembering defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. He wasn't misremembering. That's right. That worked you well. You know, I, I wish court TV was in existence because it, wouldn't it be fun to see these two lawyers in court? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> like watching Matt yeah, these, these yeah. TV two, is in existence. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, but these all, are the, these like it used yeah, to be very sort of tough. Yeah. They do, but two of the biggest celebrity ambulance chasers in Houston going at each other. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, Anyway. all right. So anything more on the NFL before we move to baseball? No. No. All right. So John Shambi was uh, will still be doing stuff for ESPN, and so that means the Cubs needed to find some people to pinch hit uh, for him. And they're for TV, and uh, sometimes they're going to use Pat Hughes from the radio side. Some 
times they're going to use Chris Myers, who's already work, working for their broadcast crew, and Beth Mullins. And uh, nobody oh. likes that idea. Uh, that, that girl <laughs> winds up everywhere. I don't know what she has she on did people. It. But, she did her first game. I, I took a small break from basketball to just to hear, boy, I, I hate to, to be down on the Cubs, but if you want to turn on the TV and go to sleep, that that's who you want to hear. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've heard her play by play, and she does tend to put people to sleep. Yeah, yes, no, she, does. she can bring, she can bring what's his name, Sergio, whatever his name is, having the time of his life. She can bring him <laughs> in to do some sidelines from the Monday night game that she did. Okay, okay. Carlos also, also, Chris, also, Chris with oh, okay. the Cubs, uh, they yeah. announced today that Ryan Sandberg will be working for the Marquee Network. He'll be doing various things for Marquee okay. as well. Oh, well, that's okay. good. And um, so uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, for the Mets has uh, torn hamstring and will miss about uh, eight, eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yep. yep. And uh, let's see. And then and they got him from Cleveland in the um, uh, uh, Francisco Lindor, Lindor, Frank, Francisco trade, Lindor yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Salvador Perez, uh, four years for $82 million. Uh, Eighty-two thousand. I've been talking millions, <laughs> millions wow. for the uh, TV deals for the you know whatever. Yeah. Eighty-two uh, million with uh, a team option for the fifth year, and he's now a that's a that's City. a contract extension, Perry. So does that yes. does that mean he still has time left on his existing deal? Yes, he, this year and that new contract will start next year. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, uh, here's a woman uh, who we can uh, praise, I guess, Robert. You can talk about this, Amelia Schimmel. Will new be the new PA announcer for uh, Oakland A's, and she's yes. the third one in the in the baseball. The San Francisco uh, has Renal, uh, 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 Renel Moon, Ren- I believe. Renel Brooks Moon, Brooks and Moon, uh, yeah. San Francisco, and the uh, Mets have Marisol Castro. Yeah. So so anyway, so uh, she how does she do? She pretty good. Ah uh, well, she did. Uh, she she filled in for Dick last year because Dick. Uh, Callahan, yeah. He he opted out because of the coronavirus, yep. and he was uh, he was having health issues, you know. Anyway, but apparently during each home game, he would be calling her during the game and you know helping her with stuff. And uh, so this year we'll find out with fans being in the ballpark, we'll find out how uh, uh, receptive uh, she'll be. But I think she sounded pretty good, and I think this is a good move by the A's. Her grandmother was the first uh, police sergeant, female police sergeant in New York. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And so I think that, and, and, oh, you had a couple more baseball notes. So you guys had uh, some injuries you guys were talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Blue Jays. Today. The Blue Jays today, George Springer uh, was injured, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. That's an oblique injury. Yep. Kirby Yates, the closer for the Blue Jays, he has uh, he is likely headed for Tommy John. He was only on a one-year contract, so that's not good for him. Nope. And uh, Robbie Ray, what did you say to Robert? He fell down the uh, stairs? He, he fell down the stairs, and they said he'll miss at least one start. And I listened and also- um, last night to the broadcast for a little while on the com- the combo <laughs> radio TV. It sounds like Ben Wagner is going to do sideline reporting for uh the tv side but boy it's just it's just not the same not having a radio broadcast because no and i mean as good buck martinez is not bad but going into the break 
Um, there were two or three times he didn't even say what the score was. It's like you, you, if you're going to be on radio, you got to tell us the score. Yeah, That's and right. how in the world can you have a sideline reporter in baseball? I know the A's are doing that. Uh, they've done that during home games. Having... I think I think most teams do it now. Oh, Nesson's had one for years. There's always been a girl down, usually a woman down on the on the field, yeah. you know, talking to you know whoever. Sometimes some fans, or they'll be yeah. talking to sometimes a, 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 occasionally a player. Uh, you know, yeah. usually not a player, but you know, fans, different things. Oh, and Nesson's done that for years. Yeah, and, uh, uh, just coming across, uh, Kyle Hendricks has been named opening day starter for the Cubs, but that is not nope. a shock. No, that's not a surprise. <laughs> and uh, I know the A's have done that as the past few years. They've had Dallas Braden as their uh, sideline guy uh, talking to people in the ballpark. And, of course, mm-hmm. all the fans, whenever whenever he talks to fans, they always bring up his perfect game, you know. <laughs> so it's it's pretty interesting. But I, so next I guess week. Next week we will have our fearless uh, baseball predictions. Yeah, <laughs> and because the season is going to start uh, a week from uh, well nine days from now, you know, yep. the, the April first. So we will do our predictions. We'll do the division winners and the wild cards and the World Series participants. And uh, yep. you know, so, uh, so we'll get that ready. And again, we'll have our like I said, our final six will be going on. So it's going to be a good show. Yep. Okay. Any more baseball? <clears throat> I, I think that's it. All right, on to the NBA. So here we go. We got the standings for you, and um, well, it's it's getting crazy. And, and the trading deadline is on Thursday, the twenty fifth. So what time, Robert? Uh, I believe that'll be, be I believe that'll be four p.m. Eastern. Up four Eastern. Mm-hmm. I think okay. So. Yeah. In the it, it's sort of uh, there's a little spreading out in the east towards the bottom. So we'll, we'll tell you about that when we get there. In the east, uh, we of course are, have our big three: Philadelphia with thirty and thirteen. Brooklyn twenty nine and fourteen, Milwaukee twenty eight and fourteen. Then we get to the log jam with Atlanta twenty two and twenty in fourth, Miami twenty two twenty one, Charlotte twenty one and twenty one. Now those today would be the seeded teams. They would have those spots one through six if the season were to end. Then you get to the play in teams. The Knicks are twenty one and twenty two, Celtics are twenty one and twenty two, Chicago is nineteen and twenty three, and Indiana is nineteen and twenty three. So you have, what, seven teams and within three games of each other? Because now we have a drop-off after those to Toronto at 17 and 26. So now there's a little spread from the bottom part. Cleveland, 16 and 27. Washington, 15 and 26. Orlando, uh, 14 and 28. And Detroit, 12 and 30. So let me just run down what that did. Sean Crandy was funny the other day. He said he can't convince people. They, they, they keep thinking it's 7 and 10, playing an 8 and 9. You know, They just think it works that way. And he says, no, that's not what they said. So right now, with your play-in games, what you would have is the Knicks would be hosting the Celtics in the 7-8 game. The winner of that would get the 7 spot, and they would play the winner of the Chicago-Atlanta game. That would be uh, Chicago would be 9 and – oh, Indiana – but I'm not Atlanta's fourth. Yes, Chicago would be nine and Indiana's tenth. So the winner of those would play, and then that would be your eighth place team. So uh, that's how it works for play-ins, and that's the way the uh, setup would be for the moment. So, uh, I, but that's as you see with with seven teams or whatever it is within uh, three games, things can easily change. You can win a game and go from seventh to fourth or whatever. In the West, we have Utah at 31 and 11, Phoenix 28 and 13, the Lakers at 28 and 15. We have the Clippers at 28 and 16, Denver 25 and 17, Portland 25 and 17. Those would be your seeded teams. Your play-in teams would be San Antonio 22 and 18, Dallas 22 and 19, Golden State 22 and 21, Memphis 20 and 20. 
So that's your uh, would be the teams in the mix. The others are a little further back. Oklahoma City, 1924. New Orleans, 1824. Sacramento, 1825. Houston, 12-30. Yes, they did win last night. AA, Houston, and Minnesota, 10-33. So for your play-in games right now, you would have seven seed San Antonio hosting Dallas would be the eighth seed and Golden State at nine would host Memphis. And then uh, so the winner of the top game there, the San Antonio uh, Dallas game would be your seven seed. And the loser would then have to play the winner of the Golden State Memphis game. So that's how that would work right right now. We do have a schedule, your schedule for tonight. We don't have the Braille schedules yet, but if we're going to get them even, but we have uh, tonight's schedule. So Tuesday night here, seven o'clock, Denver at Orlando. And then 7.30, we have Washington at the Knicks. Uh, the Lakers are at New Orleans. 8 o'clock, we have Phoenix at Miami. I don't know why they're starting at 8, but they are. 10 o'clock, we have Brooklyn at Portland and Philadelphia at Golden State. They're coming in from Miami Beach, I think. And, There's partying. Lakers, and that is where yeah, the curfew Lakers, is, yeah. so they can go to the game. Yeah, Lakers, New Orleans, and Philadelphia, Golden State are the TNT games, by the way. That's correct. Are, right. So, so for NBA news, let's see what we have. We have... Uh, Myers Leonard, our friend from last week who uh, did that uh, racial slur, was traded uh, to Oklahoma City from uh, Miami for Trevor Ariza, who I think has been hurt all year. So that's just yeah. one of those things to. The rumors are going to buy Myers Leonard out. They're yeah, okay. That's yeah. right. That's what happens next after the uh, trading deadline. Yeah. And then I think you can uh, buy people out. Yeah. And then a, a sad story Sean Bradley was paralyzed in a, in a bike accident. He was hit from behind by a. Uh, driver and uh, had a suffered a spinal cord injury and uh, and it was in uh, it, he went to BYU so he did this and uh, this happened played in Utah. with Mavericks played with Mavericks. Mavericks for eight and a half years he was is uh, what is it the what is what is it was it the fourth tallest NBA player of all time yeah because he's yeah. seven seven foot six right yes yeah, so, so it happened in St. George five. Utah so, uh, that bicycle had to be a tall bicycle. Man. Yeah, that had, well, uh, but it had to be custom made. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, LeBron James is out with a high ankle sprain, uh, and they I, I found that indefinitely. Yep. And it's his right ankle, and, and, and of course, still, Anthony and Davis. And still no Anthony Davis. So that's right. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, what's going on there. So we'll see if the Lakers kind of slide a little bit, but uh, you never know. They're still. Hanging in there in third Oh, and place. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving has bowed out of the next three games. Um, we, you know, what is, what's, what's the matter he, with Kyrie today? Uh, well, he is. They're Brooklyn is claiming it's a family issue, but yeah. I just love how this guy. He looks at the schedule. Oh, I don't want to play, so he, <laughs> he'll make up an excuse and just yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I would not want that guy on my team. Uh, and honestly, no we got the trading deadline coming up on Thursday. I don't think you're going to see any major, major deals coming out. It's not, I don't know, NBA, it's not like baseball as much, especially this year with the trades. You don't see a lot of the big, you know, baseball is just low, bam, 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 where NBA, not really as, not really as much. Well, with this play-in thing and with the teams and with fewer games in the season, it's similar to what happened with baseball last year with the 60-game season. There wasn't much because nobody yeah. felt like uh, well, there were – Six or eight teams that were out of it. You, you've got all you've got all kinds of rumors going around, and of course, uh, PJ Tucker did get traded from uh, Houston to Milwaukee. That's another player that left Houston. That's a good deal for Milwaukee. Man, yes, Milwaukee it is. just. I mean, no. I watched him play high, college ball here, and yeah. he was traded for another former Longhorn, DJ Augustine. Yeah. Yep, that's right. 
So, okay. uh, yeah, so uh, <coughs> I, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot, but you've heard a lot of rumors. We'll see what happens. I don't know if we'll have much to talk about next week as far as that goes or not, but we'll see. Okay. So the Marcus, Marcus Aldridge of Portland still hasn't happened. So nope. That All right. So we'll see what's going on with that. All right. So we go to the NHL. And uh, so uh, in the East, we have the standings, of course. The Islanders are first with 46 points. Washington, 44. Pittsburgh, 40. The Bruins have 36. <clears throat> now, tonight, the Bruins would be playing their first game in front of fans at the Garden, but they're but, not because yeah. they have had five players in the COVID protocol. And uh, Sean Corrale is the one that has it for sure, and the other four is contact tracing. So we'll see. And I don't know, Rick, have you heard anything? Did they say whether they uh, – did they get back in touch with any of us? They were saying radio silence the last three days. No, nothing no, no. Nothing new. So to the, tomorrow I think we will hear something because they're well, theoretically – Well, they have to decide on Thursday practice. night's game, right? They yeah, do. if, yeah. if yeah. they pa- – from what I read in the Globe, if they pass all of their tests today, they're going to be allowed to go to the practice facility tomorrow and play on Thursday night. Right. Okay. So again, Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, Bruins with 36 in fourth place, Philadelphia 34. So they're just right outside the playoffs at the time, this moment. Rangers 32. They've kind of fought their way back into it. Yeah. They're, they're not too yes, far they away. Have. New Jersey 26, Buffalo 16. So they're not really getting there. In no. the North, we have uh, Robert. We got some uh, issues up in Canada finally with uh, the yes. co- uh, coronavirus. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. Uh, Montreal uh, Montreal (laughs) is the first Canadian team to have um, uh, two players that are confirmed to have the virus, and then they have a whole bunch for contact tracing. So we're not really sure how long the Canadians will be out of commission. Okay. But in the north, we have Toronto. Things have tightened up. I guess Toronto has been struggling a little bit. They've got 42 points. Edmonton also with 42, and Winnipeg with 40. So uh, the Toronto had a big lead of about six yes, points they did. before. Montreal's in fourth place with 37. Vancouver, 35. Uh, Calgary, 33. And Ottawa, 25. So the one team that's out of it there is Ottawa. Right. In the Central, we have Tampa Bay on top now with 48. Carolina, 45. Florida, 44. Chicago, uh, sort of in their own little area there in fourth place with 33. Columbus also with 33. I'm sorry, they're tied for fourth now, Chicago and yeah. Columbus. Mm-hmm. Chicago had a bit of a lead, but Columbus has picked it up a bit. Nashville, 29. Dallas, 28. And Detroit, 24. And in the West, we have the Vegas Golden Knights with 45. Colorado, 42. Minnesota, 39. St. Louis is in fourth with 37. We have the Kings with 32. Anna, uh, Arizona, I should say, with 31. San Jose, 26. And Anaheim, 24. So in the West, I think basically all those, you know, the Kings maybe have a bit of a, Kings in Arizona have a bit of a chance. It looks like San Jose and Anaheim uh, do not. The Tuesday night schedule, we were supposed to, again, have that Bruins game, but it was postponed. Uh, New Jersey at Philadelphia was uh, going to be it's at 7 o'clock. That'll be the NBC sports game, yes. Okay. 8 p.m. Detroit at Nashville. Florida at Chicago. Uh, 8.30 is Tampa Bay at Dallas. 10 is Colorado at Arizona. So that's yep. it for the NFL. And Buffalo fired Ralph Kruger as their coach. Yes. And they put in an interim coach who's Don Granado, who's the brother of Tony Granado and Cammy Granado, Cammy from the U.S. Women's National Team. Right. So, and um, Dan Girardi is an assistant former Ranger and Tampa Bay uh, Lightning player. So That's correct. That's uh, what's going on with Buffalo. So we'll see if they uh, can change anything there. But uh, I don't really know. 
I doubt it. They have uh, a lot of injuries, and uh, when the when the NHL trading deadline happens, I I suspect a few players will be leaving Buffalo. So, <laughs> okay. So I think if there's any, no, nothing else we need to do, I think we're ready for our poll question. That's right. All right. Now you can, of course, dial in 646-876-9923 and do 287-723-4600 at pound key twice. Our poll question in honor of, well, it being Women's History Month and, you know, first woman broadcasting game, who are some of your favorite female sports broadcasters, whether it be in the studio, play-by-play, interviewer, uh, color analyst, it can be somebody radio talk show, which one of the, uh, radio, television, past, present, some of your some of your favorites out there. Some, you know, some your, so We'll start with you, Chris. Okay. Well, I'd say, of course, the most prominent, I think, is Susan Waldman doing the Yankees, and she does a good job, and she did a good job with FAN, and you know, has uh, done all. You know, was the Yankee beat reporter did well with that. And she gets a. She's amazing. She gets a, people to. She asks different kinds of questions. Gets people to talk about different things they maybe normally wouldn't talk about. Sometimes there really is a an advantage to having the woman's uh, view on something. And and actually, she's like their grandmother. You know, they all they. She's the one woman. You know, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, one of those old guys, but she is the woman that's there, and they know who she is, and they all open up to her pretty well. All the all the Yankee players and managers and even opposing players and all that stuff. Um, there was a color commentator who was very good uh, for the New Jersey Devils, Sherry Ross. I don't know whatever happened to her, but she was pretty good when she uh, when I used to listen to the Devils. Yeah, games. no, when I don't know when she left, I, I never did hear her surfacing anywhere else. I, that's a good question, Chris. Yeah. Um, also. Um, Oh man, what's her name? Amy, uh, Amy, uh, on the, uh, at night there on CBS. I, Amy uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Amy, Amy Lawrence. Lawrence. She's very good. She's yeah. very good. I used to hear her from Providence. She was on uh, the Score in Providence with Andy Gresh and Scott Zolak and all all those guys that were there. And uh, she and uh, uh, she did a good job there. And she's doing a good job on uh, you know. Uh, CBS Sports Radio. Used to be on and ESPN. Radio. She used to be on ESPN. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, let me think if there's anybody else. Those are the three that uh, come to mind that that I can think of. But um, yeah. maybe somebody else will bring somebody somebody to mind. But we had okay, a woman. Rich. We we well, I'll tell you one little quick. We had a woman, and I, I think she knew her sports okay. But it was just it just didn't fit. We had uh, this woman, Janet Prinsky. And she did the, this was when EEI started out. They started with a lot of gimmicks and they, they thought we'll have a woman sport and it'd be during the day. And I think she worked, did she work with uh, Glenn Ordway? I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it just didn't, I don't know. There was something about it. She did okay though. She knew her sports. It just didn't, I didn't, yeah, didn't she resonate was, with yeah. me. I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Rick? I, I thought she was okay. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she's not around. She was there for a year or two. And yeah. That was about it. So who would you like to talk about? Sorry. Well, I have I have actually heard very little female play by play. The woman and I forgot her name already. But the woman you were talking about earlier that did the Beth football Mullen. game, yeah, yeah, Beth Mullen. I've heard her, and I can't think of anybody else of that actually heard because I'm I'm not as into radio as you guys are. I'm more on watching television. Um, and she, I thought she was okay. Um, I think the only play by play Rick Pam Ward of ESPN has been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, Doris Burke has done it in the yeah. past too with ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I am. A couple of women from ESPN I do like. Um, Susie Culver. Um, I don't like her as much oh, as yeah. Joe Namath does, but I like her. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. And I really, kiss you. Yeah, I really like uh, Hannah Storm. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's about it for me. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot Leslie Visser. She did a good job. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's just like oh, and Gail uh, uh, Gardner. She was Gail Gail Grant Gardner, when she yeah. was here, but Gail Gardner was good. I used to like yeah. her. She was on the ESPN. Started out, she was one of the original ESPN ones. Yeah, she was one of the very first females that ESPN ever yeah. put on. Channel Four I had here is Gail Granick. She was uh, working yeah. on Channel Four for a, yeah. a little while. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Harry? <laughs> you know, for play-by-play, Pam Ward is pretty good. Like I say, Beth Moans, I just, oh, she puts me to sleep. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really yeah. can't listen to her. But I, if, if you're going to get information on the sidelines, one of the best sideline reporters around, male or female, has to be Holly Rowe of ESPN. She's probably, yeah. if not the best, she's right up there. And those are my two. Oh, and I forgot about Christy Scales for the Cowboys. She's excellent. I really like her. Oh, yeah. She, she is good, yes. Absolutely. He does a good job. Yeah. No. All right. Well, Robert. Um, well, uh, uh, one that's uh, very uh, very good sports anchor for ESPN and has turned into quite the talk show host on the weekends is Linda Cohn. Yeah. Linda, Cohn, Linda Cohn is very very good. Yeah. Uh, now, for those of you that don't listen to different radio stations, another female that's worth listening to whenever they decide to put her on is Kim Jones. From uh, WFAN, and of course, she works for the NFL Network. Uh, she makes her living covering the NFL. She's a good one. Uh, uh, those are two that I can think of uh, off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. Um, Michelle Tavoya on Sunday nights uh, on the Sunday night uh, NBC. She's very good. And so is Lisa Salters with ESPN, provided they can leave the broadcast booth alone and Quit sticking her with different people. Although I think they finally solved that problem this year. But yeah, uh, th- those are those are a few of the highlights that I can point out. Yeah, you Sean? brought up Les- Yeah, you brought up Leslie Visser. That's one that I did like. And and Perry brought up Holly Rowe. Yes, getting information. She is all over it. Uh, you mentioned Hannah Storm. Yeah, I remember Hannah Storm when she did sports on the Rock Station, ninety-seven Rock in Houston, and then one hundred and one KLOL, and then she went to NBC, and then. You know, married Dan Hicks, and that's ESPN. She was there, but I liked her. Uh, another one that I like, and great interviewer, Andrea Kramer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, forgot about her. Yeah. Yep. When, well, I mean, what she she did, she they had her on one of our local stations talking about she was doing some stuff. She, she was going to be doing a, a Zoom thing for South by Southwest here. And, you know, she talked about starting off at NFL Films as a producer, and then they gave her own show, and then ESPN, and then with the NFL Network, and what she does with real sports. And she's even doing the play-by-play for Amazon Prime Video. She's yeah, been doing her, that matter of fact, her years. and Hannah Storm are are, uh, are the female broadcast team for the Amazon Prime Video for Thursday Yeah, night. they are, and she she's one that I like. You mentioned, I mean, Amy Lawrence is good, uh, Christy Scales, yeah, that's yeah. Another, and the one I like, like I said, I just mentioned Doris Burt. She she can do play by play. She's done it for women's games. She does color on men's college games and on some NBA. She does sideline. She kind of, you know, she does a lot of it. And the other one I like is oh, she's she's with Jim Nance and that crew. Uh, Tracy Wolfson. I mean, she's a good sideline reporter. You know, and like I said, there, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. And, you know, you take, of course, it all started. Phyllis George opened yep. it up nationally for a lot of these women. We just lost her. But, yeah, that's, those yeah, are some I, of the ones I'm like. I think Leslie Visser was the first uh, sideline person, wasn't she? I believe uh, so. Yeah, she was. 
she, yeah. Leslie Visser was the first time I, you know. And of course, so uh, of course, had... uh, uh, she's married to Dick Stockton, right? Right. Chris? right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. She's married to Dick Stockton. Hannah Storm is married to Dan Hicks. Uh, yep. You know, and then, but they, but like Hannah Storm, she cut her teeth, you know, so, on, you know, she didn't just get out there, not like some of them that unfortunately were put out there for their looks and, oh, well, we'll see if they know any sports like people like her, or like Holly Rowe. They know their stuff. They get out there. They tell you, Andrew Kramer, you know, they work their way up. And that's that's what I admire about a lot of them. I mean, I'm not going yeah, to start mentioning names of the ones that we think were just put out there by ESPN yeah. and others for their looks. But yeah. I think some of you might know. Uh, Jerry, yeah. if you want to start unmuting, we'll get to you. I think, we, in fact, I think we're probably ready to get to you now. So if you want to unmute. Yeah. Let's go to Jerry. All right, oh, Jerry. There okay. he is. Some of the people you guys have talked about, uh, I, I like too. I like Pam Ward, Christy Scales, uh, Hannah Storm. Yeah, she was great back in the day. Um, you know, when, when I heard her, and uh, you know that sure, there are my nominees. Speaking of commentators, uh, have they decided yet who's going to be the commentators on the on the tube for the Sweet Sixteen? Uh, it'll be your usual. Your Jim Nance will be doing a crew game. Probably your Brad Nessler crew, your Kevin Harlan crew. Maybe maybe a Brian Anderson might be doing some. Uh, I think they're going to have five or six different ones because they're going to have them. You know, well they're doing the two courts. The two courts at the two. Uh, it's all going to be a Lucas Oil field, so they'll alternate courts for the Sweet Sixteen. So what they'll do right? then is yeah. they'll go uh, from one end of the field uh, from the Unity Court to the whatever the other court yeah, is. Yeah, Equality South, Equality Unity North, and, whatever it is. Yeah. So and oh. uh, so what? All right. So basically, they'll they'll go. So on the first on Saturday and Sunday, so you have four games. So they'll alternate, and uh, so then you'll they won't start right away. We don't uh, actually. I guess the times are out there. Uh, I asked yeah, Michelle. two. Two fifty. They start with the CBS pregame at two. I think it's like two fifteen. Well, I don't have what games are win, but they start around two. I know Syracuse is a late game. I saw that. I, I know they're late yeah. on Saturday. On both days, they start like two two fifteen two in that range on Saturday and Sunday. Two fifteen Eastern. Okay. All right. Well, and on Westwood One, we'll probably have an upgrade with some of the folks that come in, like Gary Cohn will probably be there and. Uh, Scott Graham will uh, I don't. Be there. I don't think. So. I don't think so, don't Chris. Think because if you're if you're in the bubble, you're in the bubble. Oh, yeah. okay then. Well, yeah. to leave. Like Craig, Craig Lloyd was going to be allowed to leave to come back and do women's games and then come back. Although he wasn't going to do second round games, I think he was. Right. He was so, done at the farmers. It's probably so it's up. probably going to be your normals. Your Kevin Kuglers. Right. Uh, Scott Graham. Yep. Um, you know those be, those two and a couple more. Ryan Ratke, you know people. Yeah, like him that. too. We do have a hand. It is our. It's a caller in the four four zero. So if you would like to unmute. Welcome. Good evening, gentlemen. This is Al from. Uh, oh, Al. Hey, Al. Welcome aboard, Al. Please, code. A couple of. Uh, I like Pam Ward as far as one of the women because she has worked in Cleveland for about a year. Oh, okay. Before she oh, worked wow. at WKNR doing the uh, 2020 sports updates. Okay. And uh, and also like the Hannah Starr, I remember hearing her back in 1995 during the uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. She uh, helped. She helped. If you remember, Al, when the Olympic Park bombing occurred in Atlanta, her and uh, Jim Lampley anchored that coverage. What for about forty-five minutes until Tom Brokaw correct. got there. That's yeah, that's correct. And also, uh, I like I, nobody mentioned this uh, person, Jessica Mendoza, 
on Sunday Night Baseball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, for her. She's, uh, she's not going to be in the booth, I don't think, uh, this year. I think they've. Uh, I think they have moved her out of the booth. If I'm not mistaken. She'll be in the booth. She'll be in the booth, but not on Sunday nights. Okay. That's what. Yeah. I knew that they took her off of. Because on Sunday night, it's it's going to be, and that's I suppose that's something we should mention too. Matt Vaskersian and Darren Sutton are going to do Angels TV, and uh, Vaskersian is going to continue to do Sunday night with I believe it's still going to be uh, a Rod. Yes, it will yeah, be a Rod. Yeah, we don't know if he's got J Lo still, but in one way or the other, he'll be doing the games anyway. Anything, no, anything uh, else, Al? And one more uh, question: What do you what do you guys think of uh, uh, Christine Lisi? Oh, that, that's uh, one I forgot for ESPN Radio. Yeah, her. she's very she's good. good. She's very good. Yeah. She's been there at least 20 years or longer. I remember. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, there a while. She's been there a while. Yeah, she has. Okay, yeah. thank you very much, gentlemen. All right, Al. All right, Al. The call. Yeah. Okay, we got anything else, or are we going to move on to death? We do not. Go ahead, Chris. All right, so we have <laughs> a bunch of... our audience, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that happens. Okay, yes. so we have Ray Colon, 79 years old. Uh, from 58 through 60, he was in the uh, minor. Well, he, he started playing pro hockey in 58. He was in the Buffalo Bisons from 64 through 64, 65 season. The Rangers, he played seven games in 65 and then went to their farm team, the Baltimore Clippers for 65 and 66. And then he played for the Red Wings in 66. Pittsburgh Hornets, 66-67 season. Then, of course, we had the expansion. So then he started to play in the NHL more. He played uh, for the uh, North Stars from 67 through 70, Vancouver 70-71. So he was in the original expansion draft, I would imagine. And then uh, all together in the regular season, and again, I don't know why they added in the AHL and the NHL goals, but they did uh, uh, 474 games, 162 goals, 219 assists for 381 points, 29 playoff games, uh, 6 goals and 16 assists for 22 points. And then he owned an auto dealership after that and in London, Ontario. And then uh, and he was the AHL Rookie of the Year in 65. So, again, un- unusual uh, obituary. I don't know why they did what they did, but they did it. Okay, Rusty Tillman, 75 years old, Washington Redskins, 70 through 77. And he was a, a linebacker. And then he coached with Seattle special teams from 79 through 82. Linebacker and special teams coach, 83 and 86. And this is still with Seattle. Tight end and, and special teams coach, 87, 91. Then defensive coordinator, he's still with Seattle, 92 through 94. He's like their Dante Scarnecchia. They never got rid of him. <laughs> uh, and then the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, 95. Then the special teams, Oakland, in 97. Defensive coordinator in Indianapolis in 98. Head of the XFL New York, uh, New Jersey uh, Hitmen in 01. Then they went four and six. Then Minnesota special teams back in the NFL from 03 to 05. And then uh, and the, he was called the king of special team mastery. And uh, it was a sudden death, so not explained yet. One of my favorite names when you're a kid and you start following baseball. And, and uh, we had another one of them earlier, Wayne Terwilliger. Well, another one of my favorites was Coot Veal. Why not? Who wouldn't like a name like that? Yeah. 88 years old. His real name was Orville Inman Veal. So... He was played with the Tigers, 58 through 60. Washington, the new Senators, in an expansion, 61. And then uh, one game for the Pirates in 62. And then he went back to the Tigers, 
and he in 247 games, he had 231, one home run, 141 hits, and 51 RBIs. And uh, let's see, he had uh, peripheral neuropathy, uh, and that's uh, nerve problems beyond the brain and spine. So that's what claimed him at 88 years old. We have Jim Snyder, also 88 years old, Minnesota, uh, three games. He played second base in 61 for the Twins for three games. 12 games for the Twins in 62, also at second. 26 for the Twins in 64. Then 41 games altogether. He had 140, uh, 12 hits, one home run, 10 RBIs. Then he started to uh, manage. Minor league, uh, he went to the minors. Uh, oh, and in the minors, he had 248. And then, let's see, 66 managed in the Cincinnati farm system and 66 through 76. Uh, oh, I guess that was maybe 65 in Cincinnati, 66, 76 managed in the Phillies farm system, 77 through 81, the Cubs, uh, minor league coordinator, 82 through 86, the Chicago, uh, Chicago's first base coach, 87 Seattle first base coach. And then in 88 on June 6th, he became the manager of the Mariners after Dick Williams was fired. It seems like when Dick Williams gets fired, we have these people lately. <laughs> yeah. Somebody a couple weeks ago, I don't remember now yeah. who. Anyway, he been, he was then managing the rest of the season for the Mariners, 45 and 60 uh, uh, for the rest of the year. And then uh, he was uh, replaced by Jim LaFay. And then he went to the White Sox as uh, minor league coordinator in 89 and 90. San Diego bench coach, 91 and 92. Atlanta minor league co- coach, 93, and the White Sox director of uh, uh, of something or another, of uh, instructions, that's what it was, from 94 through 06. We have Bob Davis, 93, head Auburn basketball coach from 73 through 78. He had a record of 70 and 61. His best record was the 74-75 season when he was 18 and 8, and 14th uh, rank was the highest they got during that year. And before that, uh, the head coach of George Georgetown College in Kentucky. And then uh, it was the NAAI uh, from 53 through 73. And then uh, basketball and football there uh, at Georgetown College uh, some of the time. And his record in, uh, in coaching was 415 and 182. And then, uh, let's see, he was also a high point college before that. And then uh, he was the... Uh, he helped with the Olympic team in uh, 64 through 73 and the head of the World University Games team. And uh, in uh, I don't have the year on that. He was in the AIA Hall of Fame and the Georgetown College Hall of Fame. So then we move on to um, George Reiner, 65 years old, no cause of death, but it was sudden. He played for Penn State in 74 through 76. And the 38th pick by the Oilers, and then the AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year in '77, and he played 13 games for Houston in '77, and then in '78, oh, let's see, '77, nine and '78, and two games in '79, and he had to retire because of uh, injury. Three, three more games though, he came back out for Houston in '82. That wasn't the replacement team. I don't know. He just came back in the middle of '82. Then became a lawyer in Scranton, as I said uh, before the show. He must have known Joe Biden, probably, or at the beginning of the show. Was team captain at Penn State in 76, and you had one recovered 
fumble and, uh, in uh, 1978. We had Ed Armbruster, somebody we remember fondly here. Not exactly, but Not anyway. <laughs> uh, he was 72 years old. He played for the Cincinnati Reds in 73 through 77. Then from 831 through 73, his last game was October 2nd of 77. He it was from the Bahamas, and he won the World Series, of course, with the Reds in 75 and 76. 224 games. He had 245, 65 hits, four homers, 19 RBIs. He, uh, he was mostly a pinch hitter and probably defensive replacement. Arm Prooster bumped uh, Fisk, and, and that led to a wild throw. And uh, Geronimo, I think, took uh, second base. And they thought Fisk was going to go throw to second. And Larry Barnett, who still got booed every time he appeared at Fenway Park after that, did not call catcher's interference. And in watching, they, uh, David USF put on our phone system the play-by-play of that with uh, Kurt Gowdy, Tony Kubek, and Marty Brenneman. And all three thought it could have been uh, catcher's interference. But uh, that didn't happen. And, of course, the Red Sox ended up losing that game. Yeah, and I don't then, think he, he he didn't actually hit him. I don't think he. What he had done, he swung to protect the runner, and when he when he was done swinging, he he kind of fell across home plate, and Fisk had to throw around him. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe it was, I don't know what they would have done nowadays. It would have been, but the delay uh, because I think we had the whole broadcast. The delay was about three minutes while Daryl Johnson came out and argued. The delay would have been. 20 minutes uh, nowadays, whatever they would have done. It would have taken them a long time. And then what they would do is they'd delay it and then they'd say, now, what are we going to do with the runners? You know, and all that. <laughs> That's the other thing. I think yeah. what you end up doing is calling him out for interference and put uh, the, put the uh, runner the back, back in first That's base. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's so, exactly. Anyway. Yep. And that was in the 10th inning and the Red Sox lost the game. And, of course, that was the seventh game series. He was a crap stealer in the Bahamas and then uh, the Consumer Affairs Agency there as well and managed Bahama Junior National Team in 08. And then uh, and he's in the Bahama, Bahamian National Hall of Fame. And the and I was just uh, had written here about Marty Brenneman. He thought it was catcher's interference, too. But again, uh, Kurt was right there, so he probably didn't want to. You know, Kurt was definitely rooting for the Red Sox. We knew that. Yeah. Bill Young, 74 years old, Oklahoma State, uh, played there 65 through 67. He was a linebacker and defensive tackle. Then assistant Oklahoma High School from 69 through 75. Then Oklahoma State offensive line coach and defensive line coach, 76 through 78. Defensive tackle, uh, uh, defense, well, whatever. I, he was at Iowa State for uh, uh, 79. Defensive line and coach from at Tulsa from 80 through 82. Defensive coordinator, 83 and 84. And uh, that was at uh, Tulsa. Then defensive line coach, Arizona State, 85 through 87. Defensive coordinator, Ohio State, 88 through 95. Defensive coordinator, Oklahoma, 96 through 97. Defensive coordinator, USC, 98 through 2000. And then he went to the Lions, the defensive line coach in 01. And then defensive coordinator in Kansas City, 02 through 07. Defensive coordinator in Miami, 08. And then Oklahoma State defensive coordinator 09 through 12, and then uh, let's see, then he went to uh, oh defensive quality control at Wyoming. There you go, you got to have that 13. And he finally got to be uh, head in the high school in Oklahoma, uh, and he went uh, four and six after all that. 2015, uh, 14 and 15, Tulsa, and defensive coordinator and defensive line 15 through 18, and then he retired. So that was it. And then Steve Grad, uh, KNX 
a longtime sports anchor, 70 years old, sports uh, director at KNX from 93 through 2016, and weekend on KTLA-TV in 01, and for a while they didn't say how long. And uh, he uh, graduated from Southern Illinois uh, University, and apparently they uh, did uh, eliminated the whole uh, position, and that's when he lost his job. And then uh, I guess he retired at that point. He was the Golden Mike winner in L.A. And his daughter, uh, Gina, is a KFI anchor now on the radio. And uh, now, let's see. Just uh, Okay, we are down to our last two deaths. So, Dave, if you want to start paying attention, we're getting near the end of the show. I'm supposed to tell him that because he wasn't going to listen to us. You can't blame him for that. <laughs> no. no. Dick Hoyt. Now, here's a famous name for us of Team Hoyt. Uh, 80 years old, uh, 77 through 2014. Uh, no, uh, oh, that's when they raced for 15. Dick and Ricky Hoyt. So Ricky Hoyt was a was a uh, paraplegic and he had CP. He also couldn't talk. Um, any any speech he did was by a computer because we heard that on some of the stuff that David USF put in, which I had never known. But they did try. So what would happen is when they'd swim, um, he would uh, pull uh, pull a thing in his teeth uh, dick would pull him across what they were swimming through uh they i forget how they did the bicycle stuff but then uh he uh, with the marathon he would push the wheelchair uh let's see he did uh let's see 257 triathlon triathlons 72 marathons and 32 boston marathons and uh as i said ricky was a paraplegic uh Pulled him in a boat when swimming. That's what he did, yeah. and then uh, carried him in a seat on a bike, and then pushed him in the in the uh, wheelchair when they ran. Appointed to Ironman, uh, you know, he won the got to Hall of Fame, Ironman Hall of Fame in '08, and '13 won the SB Award, the Jimmy V Perseverance Award. He and Ricky won that, and that was after the marathon bombing here, and died in his sleep, and uh, probably a heart condition. Uh, first Boston Marathon was in 1980, and every race through 14, he couldn't finish in 13 because of the marathon. Of course, they would always come in near the end. <clears throat> but one of the things that they always had to do when we had the coverage, when Bob Lobel on Channel 4 and uh, you know Susan, uh, whoever, Chet and Natalie on Channel 5, they had to wait to see the Hoyts before they got went off the air. You had to show them because everybody knew about them and everything. And the Grand Marshal of the 2015 marathon, they did come back and run uh, do it again in 14. That was going to be their last one in 13, but then the bombing happened and they weren't able to finish. So they came back and did 14. Brian Lyons uh, started to push Ricky in the marathon after that, and and he died last year suddenly. And more than uh, 1,000 races uh, ran and, and they ran and biked across the U.S. in uh, in 45 days in uh, 1992 and uh, the first thing they were wondering what uh, when they got installed the computer speech because they, they had been able to communicate with him and he learned how to talk from listening to everybody and stuff he was smart he just couldn't talk and they wanted to weren't yeah. sure what he was going to say you know hi mom hi dad whatever and it was in the middle of the Bruins playoffs he said go Bruins so there <laughs> you go all right so and then we're on our last one and it's a big one though uh, it's Elgin Baylor 86 years old, uh, natural causes. Uh, he went to the College of Idaho. He started off there in 54, then in 54 and 55, then went to the University of Seattle, 56 through 58. First pick in the 58 
draft by the Minneapolis Lakers. And then uh, 58 through 60 played with the Minneapolis Lakers. And he led, was part of their team that went to the finals. I was not expected in 59. That wasn't mentioned, but they were swept by the Celtics, but they did make the finals. Then in the, he was with the Lakers from uh, 60 uh, when they got there, 61 through 71, uh, 23,149 points. <clears throat> One, uh, let's see, 11,461 rebounds and... 3,650 assists, and he won the he made the Naismith Hall of Fame in '77, and the College uh, Basketball Hall of Fame in '06. He was 11 All Star appearances, 59 through 65, and 67 through 70. And uh, I think he was injured. One of the things that used to happen, and I don't have any, there was nothing in the obituary that would tell me, but it seemed to me they could never stay healthy around finals time. And it seems like Baylor was hurt a lot of years uh it was usually him west i think was playing but i think they were kind of hampered by that in a couple of those finals with against the celtics and he was the mvp in the 59 all-star game and the rookie of the year in 59 also uh and his number 22 is retired by uh, the lakers and the university of uh, seattle and the, he was also the final four most outstanding player in 58 and they didn't win the tournament seattle didn't it was kentucky who did uh, named uh, the court after him in Seattle uh, since '09, and then uh, let's see, in uh, he only played in two games in '70 uh, '71, and then '71 uh, '72 he tried he played nine games, but in November '71 he retired. That was just before they started the 33 game uh, winning streak, and then because of uh, his knee issue, uh, missed the start of the 33 games as I said, and then. Uh, but they gave him a ring for the championship and he deserved a championship. He was, they, they say quote unquote, best player to not win a champion. Well, the way they give out rings nowadays, he was on the championship team. But the other thing too, is, I mean, they, they, you know, Baylor West, and then of course later Chamberlain, but they had really good players. Baylor and West were so far better. You know, the Celtics had a better supporting cast around, you know, whether you really want to say Russell or Russell and Havlicek and Kuzi, just a lot better players. But the Lakers did a lot with what they had and really gave the Celtics a, of scares, and especially in '62 and '66, he was six foot five forward, and he had seventy. He had seventy-one points on November fifteenth, uh, uh, nineteen sixty, and that was the record uh, for the Lakers until uh, Kobe Bryant did his eighty-one points on one twenty-two oh six, and he, he has the fifty-one points in the finals, which was a record uh, in Game Five of the six. I thought it was sixty-one, series. Chris. Huh. I thought it was 61 points. Uh, well, uh, I think David said 51. But anyway, okay. he had the finals right. No, you're probably right. Anyway, either way, it was game five, and they won in overtime over the Celtics. And that put Lakers up three games to two, and the Celtics went out there to beat them easily and then had a, another overtime game to win game seven. And then he was an assistant at, for the New Orleans Jazz in 74, uh, from 74 through 76. Then the head coach for the Jazz, 76 through 79. His record was 86 and 135. And he resigned in 79 before they went to Utah. Then he was the uh, player personnel director or the VP of, for uh, vice president of operations from 86 through 08 uh, for the Los Angeles uh, Clippers, which meant he was working for Donald Sterling. So after he um, ret- uh, you know, left that job, he sued saying that uh, there were unfair labor practices, but uh, he did not win the suit. I think the idea, I mean, there's two sides to it. Jerry West, in his interview that we heard, said that, uh, you know, he 
certainly was not treated as well as other executives in the league were treated. And we know Donald Sterling's reputation. On the other hand, he had the job for 22 years. So, you know, yeah. they and they, his record there was not very good. Let's see. I think it was. It was awful. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. He was executive of the year in 06. Uh, they only had two winning seasons. Their record was 607 and 11. 53. So they couldn't uh, get a jury to to side with him on that. No. And and no. then uh, let's see. And again, let's see. I'm just trying to see if I got anything else. Uh, and let's see. And uh, okay, I think that's about it. Yep, that's it is. Good. So there well, we we'll go. Turn, we'll turn so, over to Sean. We'll turn it over to Sean. Sean is going to wrap, wrap it up, up, and then Dave will get us off the air. I hope. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, first of all, we do want to thank Dave for helping us out today, and we, you know, we really appreciate it. And we want to say thank. I'm you know, glad we're getting the good news. Bill's going to hopefully be home tomorrow. For those that tuned in late, he's coming home. Uh, surgery was a success, and Bill, we miss you when you listen to this. We miss you, love you. We're glad you're glad you're getting better. And remember, eventually. You will be able to get the podcast at legendoldies.com or typing in uh, Sports Times Live in your podcatcher. Uh, just be patient with us. But you can hear it at 773-572-3006, option number eight. That is where you can nine. Go get it. And hopefully, <clears throat> option, option nine. 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 Option nine. I'm having enough option nine. <laughs> what I, no, that's all things radio. It's option eight. Somebody option, option nine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to come back next week. We'll have... Half of your final four, and we'll have right. some opening, opening day stuff to talk about, and all kinds of a, no telling who, how many other women are suing Deshaun Watson by next week, <laughs> and who knows what else. <laughs> yeah. See you okay. next week.